Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Avengers Endgame is now number two all time. Why there might be a division among anime fans. And will the movie on Tolkien mean more love for Lord of the Rings? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. My name is Cheryl Glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our programs and boy, did we have a great two weeks. I'll tell you what, people listening from all over the world, our numbers couldn't have gotten any higher. I just cannot thank everyone for listening to all of our shows as we entered new platforms, including Bullhorn, Podcoin, and also iHeartMedia. Cannot thank them enough for being a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos experience. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own J.R.R. Tolkien of Humanica Media. you got to check out everything going on today at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Hope you had the great May the 4th and Cinco de Mayo weekend, my friend. Dude, I watched Star Trek all day yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Except for hopefully you missed the odd number ones. Wrath of Khan, Return of Khan, the uh, Rebirth of Khan, Resurrection of Khan. I just watched all the cons, you know? What a con job indeed. <laughs> hey! Hey! Thank you. I'll be here all week. Please try the veal. But it is going to be a great episode we've got for everyone today. We've got Andrew Davis from the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. He's stopping by the show to talk about a lot of things going on in the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe emanating from some of the events of Avengers Endgame. Our conversation kind of goes a little bit, tiny bit into the spoiler area, but not too much. So if you haven't seen Endgame, it's not going to give away too much for you. We try to go ahead and touch on the future of the MCU. So he's going to talk to me about that here coming up in a bit. Plus also as well with the Tolkien biopic coming up later this week, it's going to debut in theaters. Some anticipation for it. We're thinking that maybe people will go ahead and get into the Lord of the Rings. We're going to talk about if that could be the case, especially with also a series coming out at some point in time from Amazon as well. Plus, we're going to be talking about the anime fans that are out there that enjoy their anime, including Mr. Josh right here. And the reason why I say that is because he recently made some purchases that took him back to his fondness for anime in the 90s. I noticed as far as online and the love for anime, it seems to be split from the very old 
to the very new as far as people kind of being having like a divisive split in the anime universe. So we'll talk about the divisiveness among anime fans about which is better as far as anime from the past or anime that's current and outstanding. But my friend, it's all about Avengers Endgame again. I'm sorry to keep on telling this to you. I know you guys just did another spoiler cast for the topic Oculus, but it's still in the news, my friend. Game of Thrones and Avengers Endgame. While Game of Thrones is heating up back again for another battle, this time in King's Landing, Avengers Endgame is still doing great numbers. It did about $145 to $150 million domestically at the box office this weekend. It is now, at the time you hear this, the number two all-time movie out there worldwide ever, garnering just under $2.2 billion. So I ask you, my friend, if that's the case, it still needs about $600 million more to go before it reaches that upper echelon, a.k.a. number one slot, beating out Avatar, which I'm going to be honest with you, I'm rooting for all the way. Your thoughts on it possibly doing that? I know we talked about it in the past, you know, that being a possibility, $3 billion out of the realm. But now that the numbers are hard and clear and it's now down and black and white on all that, we now have a realization that it still has a long way to go. And $600 million, while it is in the range, is not necessarily given. First off, let me say that I hope it smashes Avatar to pieces because I love James Cameron. But that guy's he's so full of himself. Like, he will not come down off of his Avatar cloud. Okay, let me ask you this. How many interviews do you think he's going to have in regards to superhero genre once again in the next couple weeks, per se? Well, probably a lot because he's sitting there, I, I guarantee, following these box office numbers, hoping that he won't have to eat his shoe in about a week. So get off my lawn type comments. Right, right. But the thing is, like, he's a talented man, but he forgets that his whole career was started was he was skyrocketed to fame and fortune through franchises, right? The big franchises. So he doesn't really have any room to talk about superhero franchises, not being good because they have touched audiences in a way that he has. I mean, I wouldn't even say like he's, he's ever done. He had his day to shine and Terminator two and pretty good ending aliens. Yeah, no, they were excellent movies, but like they're niche audiences, right? Same thing with avatar, same thing with Titanic, but you know, superhero movies are getting people who never leave the house to go see movies out to go see movies. Like it's it's a pop culture phenomenon. Nothing that he's ever made has created an entire community around it. I would love to see him kind of eat his words a little bit and then maybe step down from his high tower and make something that's not Avatar. It reached $2 billion in 11 days as opposed to Avatar that reached that plateau of $2 billion in 47 days. Very different roads to the money it made. Avatar seemed to have that slow build week after week after week. And you were talking about people getting out of the house. They eventually got out of the house for Avatar because they kept on going back to it and watching it. But it was something like a slow growth week in, week out. And eventually it got over that hump and eventually got to the point where it did just under $2.8 billion. So it is now a wait and see for everybody out there. I think you're going to find out by this time next weekend whether or not it will surpass Avatar. I think that's probably what we're going to be talking about next weekend is if it's I'm not saying if it doesn't have to pass it by next weekend. I'm just saying it has to be close. And if it's in that range and it has the type of box office numbers where it's 50 to 60% decline like it is doing right now, 
continuously over the long haul, domestic and international. It still has enough play and it still has enough room to be number one. And I'm hoping, 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 hoping that it will. As much as at the time people loved Avatar, I think people are enjoying Avengers Endgame so much more. And to me, Avengers Endgame is going to have that cultural footprint as both myself and Rob McCallum once talked about a long time back that Avatar does not have and did not have because after the Avatar craze for what, about a year, year and a half wore off, it just disappeared from pop culture and people just didn't seem to want to go ahead and delve back into it. So well, that's why nobody was really clamoring for an Avatar 2, 3, 4, whatnot. Maybe they'll regain that interest in it again. I know you won't, but maybe there is. I mean, there's still enough interest to have a ride at Disney World and an exhibit down there and all that, but still there's there's not quite enough there yet to capture the imagination as what the Avengers did that built it up over the course of 20 plus movies. So I'm hoping like you are that Avengers Endgame does beat it. Again, it needs about another $600 million in order to go ahead and do that. I think we'll know our answer by this time next weekend, and I'm so eager to find out what that will be. But I'm going to lean yes. I'm going to lean yes that it probably will beat it, but not by a whole lot. I don't know if it'll get reached $3 billion now because now that it's getting a little bit down, it's losing a little bit of steam, that it's, it's getting kind of to the iffy point. But we'll have to wait and see. It's just something that's going to be very exciting. And like you, my friend, I'm hopeful that the number one movie of all time will be Avengers Endgame. Did you see, I think it was Vanity Fair wrote this piece and they're saying how even if Avengers does pass Avatar, it doesn't deserve to pass Avatar. Like they're saying that because, you know, movie tickets are so much higher now and Avatar opened on price of inflation and all that. But I mean, that's stupid. That's completely stupid because that doesn't mean anything. If anything, it means Avengers is better because people are paying the extra money to go out and see it. Right. Like Avatar tickets back then, I want to say cost like 12 bucks and now they cost 15, $16. So if Actually, anything, probably more in some cases, like on the East Coast, up to 20. Yeah, yeah. So if anything, the fact that people are going out and paying this money to go see these movies, what it shows is that it's a better movie because it's actually or more people want to go see it. So I don't really think that inflation really means anything here. And if you adjust it for inflation, actually, I believe Gone with the Wind would be number one based off the criteria that's involved. If anybody wants to understand what that means, Check out, and I'll give them some props because they just do such a great job over there. Box Office Mojo, they have charts for pretty much everything that's been done as far as the movies are concerned. Number one right now is Gone with the Wind. I think that's something that if people need to get into as far as the adjustment for an inflation ratio, I think if anything and any other movie besides Avatar can make that claim, I think it's Gone with the Wind because the sheer number of people that were actually so excited for it but we'll have to wait and see what's going on as far as the numbers are concerned i think it does deserve it if it does make it because you're right man imax 3d how much is it okay 3d separate imax is separate and then they also have imax 3d correct yeah there's imax and then you have the like the different version of the sound and stuff the like dolby atmos a, i think and all yeah that. yeah and that, that you have all that stuff and people are paying to go see it like all of those different methods of seeing this movie are packed out so avatar releasing was 3d so I, I don't think that the inflation really means anything because if anything like people are going to imax they're going to 3d imax they're doing the sound thing and the uh what like the high luxury theaters that are supposed to serve drinks and stuff people are paying money to go sit in these super expensive theaters to see this movie. 
And the first time we watched it, we only watched it for five bucks a piece. Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> but then I went back and paid full pop for another showing with the full recliner deal and all that. And that's another thing. You have the old standard theaters. You still have drive-in theaters playing it. And also as well, you've got the new fancy theaters that have the reclining seats, which the trend is going towards to. And most of the theaters will be doing that at some point in time within the next 10 years. Theaters like the one we went to at Samstown, which is still very solid. Unfortunately, those theaters will become at some point in time a thing of the past. So you're right. To me, I think the numbers aside, I think it's still very impressive what Avengers Endgame is doing. And if it passes Avatar, it deserves it. And people shouldn't be able to have to argue about that. If you're going to argue about Avatar, then you're going to argue about Gone with the Wind. The original Star Wars, people were waiting in long lines for that. A mile long lines with limited number of theaters. Same thing with Gone with the Wind. I've already told you the story many times about Empire Strikes Back and all that. So you know what? Each and every generation has its own things it's gone through. But you know what? We're now in a true pop culture phenomenon and a true pop culture celebration when it comes to Avengers Endgame. I'm excited for it. I'm excited that it happened. I'm truly glad to be a part of it. I know you are as well. And I know many others are enjoying it and treating it as a true pop culture event. And you know what? Again, I hope it hits number one. What are your thoughts out there on Avengers Endgame? possibly hitting the number one all-time out there in the world box office, beating out Avatar. Are you hoping for it? Are you rooting against it? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we've got Andrew Davis from the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. He is going to be talking about the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what he'd like to see and the individuals he'd like to have become a part of it. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun, or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. All right, and we're back with the show. Once again, it's Gerald coming right back at you here. Well, you know, (laughs) Avengers Endgame is still smacking down those records. It is, at the time we speak, the number two film of all time, garnering right around $2.2 billion, which is just amazing in and of itself. In a little under two weeks, it's generated and garnered that type of enthusiasm and and excitement all around the world, just shattering box office records left and right. And with Avengers Endgame being how it is and being a certain demise for some of the beloved characters within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, one question now rises to the forefront, and that is, where do we go from here, and who do we go with as far as new people to get into the Avengers fray 
new superheroes that we're kind of interested in that that we would like to see get involved or more involved if they're already somewhat started or just been sprinkled in there a little bit as of now who we'd like to see become a major part of the next wave of marvel cinematic universe films and here to talk with me today about that is a great man indeed because he's got an awesome show which you got to catch now on soundcloud and so many other different outlets it's the pop anime comics lounge and i've got the voice of the pop anime comics lounge right here with me it's andrew davis what's going on my friend i'm good i'm good and uh now i feel pressure on me after that introduction oh, so. no, don't feel any pressure it's always just a great conversation we talked wrestling last time you were on the show don't get me started on wrestling right now because the state of wrestling is is um i don't know it it's not as good as many would say I think we're in kind of a little bit of a lull, especially because the ratings that dictate that, because I think there's still not that one or two singular stars that are generating that type of excitement at this point in time. But you know what? Pro wrestling and comes in waves, ebbs and tides, highs and lows. Hopefully by the time SmackDown comes onto Fox, they'll go ahead and be that star that goes ahead and transcends to a larger audience that, that gets that excitement back for casual fans alike. But... There's a lot of great things to talk about in pop culture. Game of Thrones is, is just enthralling fans all over uh, if they can actually see through the long night and all that, you know, because, you know, the last <laughs> episode was very, very dark. But there is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I described exactly how well it's doing. It's the number two film of all time. I'm hoping, keeping my fingers crossed, that it gets to number one. But that's a bigger story for another day, whether or not it'll reach that plateau. I want to know you from you, my friend, thoughts on where do you think the Marvel Cinematic Universe should go from here? We've got a good idea about films that are coming up in the near future, but there's going to be a lot of heroes that are new or have been underutilized so far in Marvel Cinematic Universe that need to be integrated more and need to be integrated to become a major part of the future. So I want to hear your thoughts on where do you think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to go from here and who do you think is going to play a key role in it so before i give anybody who i would like to see in it i would just like to state that i think the mcu is now entering a new phase and i think that they need to go a little more indie and a little bit more outside the box because we've gone through the core characters in marvel in the last i guess 10 to 11 years now and so we've gone through the captain america the iron man We've gone through a bunch of Spider-Man now. We've gone through Thor. We've gone through parts of the Hulk. And now we need to go more indie. And I think one of the things, characters like Moon Knight, for instance, and even Nova, who's been rumored and was teased in Guardians. But I think we need to go with things that have done very well for Marvel as comics. I mean, one of the things that is problematic for the MCU, and it's unpopular, but Captain Marvel... While it was a successful movie, the comic book has plummeted about 72% by issue three. And one of the problems that Marvel's having between their comic books and the MCU is that they're going in one direction while the comic world is going in a different direction. And I think that's where Marvel needs to go with the next installments of the MCU. And characters like Moon Knight, I would love to see a Moon Knight film. One of the things that was hoped for by Marvel was to go ahead and get more people talking about comic books and get them more involved. 
And unfortunately, it's been just the opposite because over the 10 plus years, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been out. It looks like even with the integration of the digital nature and technology and things of that nature, the Marvel app, the DC app, et cetera, et cetera, it looks like the comic book universe has suffered greatly under the weight of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think it was either in 2016 or 2017, there was a loss of $70 million in comics. And I think, though, that to, to argue, and it's a little bit outside the point, but I think companies like Image have risen up. And while the MC universe has damaged comic books, I think Image and Dark Horse and Zenscope and other companies have actually risen and have increased their positions. And so what I would like to see with the MC universe is I would like to see them do The Walking Dead style where it benefits the comic book, where The Walking Dead TV show really does help the comic book. And I think that's something that the MC universe has actually failed to do. And I think DC is also somewhat failing to do that as well. And so there are certain characters and one of the characters I would like to see, and it's a little bit out there, but I would like to see a Squirrel Girl comic movie. And I would like to see it very similar to the style of Deadpool, where while she doesn't know that she's in a comic book, it would have that same vibe and that same making fun of itself. And I think that's what's missing in the Marvel MCU at the moment is that we don't have movies that know they're a comic movie and they're treating themselves as if they are like an action thriller. And it's fun to have those big explosions and, you know, it's fun to have the superhero stuff and how Endgame played out. And if you haven't seen Endgame, you know, I'm not going to ruin too much for you, but certain people die and certain people are 86th off. but nonetheless it is an end of an error but i think that these things are taking themselves a little too seriously and i think we need to go back to that humor that deadpool interjected as far as films and i think that would benefit comic books i think it would be a wave of difference now because if you look at a movie like black panther captain marvel captain america civil war 3 iron man 3 i mean those movies are really similar to each other with slight modifications. You know, Endgame and Infinity Wars are very different than those four that I just described, but those four movies are extremely similar. And even Thor 3 and Thor 2 were similar. And so I think that's the problem with the MC universe is that I think the next four or five movies are just going to be bad. That's a shame that that's the case because it's speculated that some of those four or five next movies could be most likely be first off a black widow movie that is most likely at this point in time i can't say any spoilers because we're going to go non-spoiler for this conversation that could possibly be set in the past possibly even the the vaunted budapest situation there's also talk of the eternals because angelina jolie has been signed to do that type of project so that looks like it's something on the way shang chi which uh, I said before on the show, and my is my sincerest hope, will reignite the Western culture's passion for the martial arts film since he's the master of the martial arts. I really hope that will just get people involved and excited for martial arts films once again. Then you also have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Doctor Strange 2, Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2. Those are obvious ones because the money that they've already generated for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So 
as you and I both know, Disney loves the cashola, so they've got to go ahead and make the safe play. And I would too. You know, if I'm leading Disney and I see a property like Captain Marvel that's made over $1.1 billion, and I see a property like Black Panther that's made over $1.4 billion, and, and I know those characters are going to be a part of the future going forward, yeah, I'd go ahead and greenlight those films really, really quickly. It's the films like The Eternals and Shang-Chi, which are lesser-known properties, which I think, like you said, has everybody concerned, not only about the quality, but the perception out there. But I think Marvel, like you said, more smaller, lesser-known properties might get a chance to shine if they're integrated into some of these movies, but also if they might have their own movies as well, because they have a track record of it if it's done properly, with like what happened with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I agree. And I think also one of the things that's going to be fascinating moving forward is that we're now in an era where LBGTQ is relevant. And I'm saying this, and I know it can be possibly misinterpreted to some degree, but I think it's relevant to talk about it bluntly. Um, One of the things that's happening with DC, and it's a little bit off track, but they've incorporated that well into their streaming service. And I think that's something that's going to happen with a bunch of characters. Valkyrie has been talked about. That character has definitely made her statement in regards to that. Even director Joe Russo in Avengers Endgame alluded to something of that nature. You got to check it out and why. But yes, he did allude to something into that realm and, and basically introduced the LGBTQ type of culture. So yes, that could definitely be a big part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. And one of the things that I think is going to be interesting, and I think it's maybe eight to 10 years out, but Cine Grace just created a character that is the first drag mutant character. And that's going to be hitting, it either hit like last month or it's going to be hitting the next two or three months. And the story behind that was he casually introduced that in because Iceman came out as gay in 2015. And what actually happened in the comic world, and this is relevant, I think, to the film world, given that Marvel has a track history of appeasing and kind of taking, you know, what they know is going to make money which is partially why the MCU is getting complicated and is slightly messed up, which is a different conversation altogether. But the president of the MCU has basically made statements, despite Captain Marvel failing miserably as a comic, you know, it was successful as a movie and they've placated the comic book to the movie, which is something that Marvel is doing, which is creating a whole complicated problem. But I think that's something to pay attention to where, this drag queen mutant that was created, I think is going to impact the X-Men franchise. And while the X-Men aren't necessarily integrated right now into the Marvel MCU, I mean, that's coming down the pike. I think it is, but I think they're going to go for the Fantastic Four first, because I think that is the entity and property that I think needs the most assistance. Without a doubt. I mean, the Fantastic Four has been damaged beyond a point of that it's literally hanging on by a thread. I mean, we had, what, two Fantastic Four movies done before. And then we had three, actually. We don't count the third that just came out because that was a train wreck. Well, actually, you should because it's in that point. Had Fantastic Four been such a successful property, maybe it would have changed the minds of Fox to go ahead and 
seek out the type of merger that it did with Disney. And same thing goes for the X-Men. It's declining returns at the box office. After Old Man Logan was a great success for an R-rated movie. Obviously, we saw with Deadpool and the success it had. But some of the other returns for the declining X-Men movies after Days of Future Past have not been promising. X-Men Apocalypse did not do well at all. And there's not great hopes for Dark Phoenix now, especially since it seems like a lame duck series at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that definitely impacts Fox's position on part of that, as well as I think Fox also just saw an opportunity to just get out because TV is is a nightmare. And I, and I think that's something that we're also seeing with Disney. I mean, the thing that is fascinating is, I mean, look at what happened with Netflix and Marvel just recently. And even though that's not the MCU, I mean, I think that also opens up a lot of opportunities where we just had a successful Daredevil series. We had a pretty successful Luke Cage series. Jessica Jones was great. And then we had the Punisher for two seasons. And now I don't know what exactly is happening with all those things, but all those things were successful. And I wouldn't mind seeing some of that stuff in the MCU. I noticed you didn't mention Danny Rand as Iron Fist. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> Mum's the word on that one. So yeah. The first episode, and uh, I just I just couldn't. I couldn't. You know, I, I, I just couldn't. And, and I'll be the first person to say, you know, maybe I should have gave it more credit and went to episode two, but that thing was just really hard to watch. And like you, a lot of other people said the same thing as well, especially the first season. Even though the second season, by many accounts, got better, it wasn't good enough to sustain itself, and it did get the axe. There could be a time where those Marvel superheroes from the Netflix series get integrated into maybe a Hulu series or maybe even into some parts of the Marvel Cinematic Universe out of respect to those actors and to the work that they did into some small fashion. I know we're going to get another Ghost Rider spinoff. I believe it's going to be on Hulu. I know that's been talked about as well. And, and of course, somewhere in this format, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. lies in there, You know whether or not it's so loose. I, I think it's like the loosest interpretation of being integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe that you could possibly do, where it's integrated, but at a very, very, very loose point where it's virtually on its own and maybe that's for a good reason for many fans who just don't even watch the show anymore or who never did and never tuned in you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmos show and the pcc multiverse that is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. 
thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. But you're right, the future going forward for this type of integration has to be there. And it's going to be there for the Disney Plus series, like starting out maybe, I don't think it's going to come out right away, but sometime next year, we're going to see Winter Soldier and Falcon. We're going to see WandaVision, as they call it. We're going to see Hawkeye at some point in time. So Loki. Maybe, Loki, Loki. Obviously, that's, that's going to be something there with Tom Hiddleston. It looks like that's a good way to do it. I still would love to see a Nick Fury and Maria Hill type deal. That would be awesome to see that point, maybe rebuilding S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Avengers Initiative. That would be kind of cool to me. But I know there's some other individuals out there. A War Machine series could be talked about as well. But what do you see going forward in the future as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I know you spoke of some heroes like Moon Knight, Nova. I know we're going to see Adam Warlock at some point in time because he was teased in GOTG Volume 2. I, I know there's still many more heroes that you'd like to see going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. To be honest, what I would love to see is I would love to see almost like an ultimate clash. And I think that could be so interesting where we have the ultimate universe and everything that took place. And I mean, I'm thinking maybe 10 years out because and it, I think it could be a lead up similar to Civil War going into Infinity Wars and into Endgame. And I think that could be almost Marvel's 10 year plan out where we start to throw things like that down. Because I don't foresee another major event that could compete with something like that. And it would also hit a lot of points on Marvel's checklist of diversity, of being representative. And I'm going to say something that, that's controversial, but. Right now, diversity makes money. I was hinting at it before, and that's what Marvel's looking for. In, in uh, some degree. I agree with you on that. It, and it's shown in the past two years that that definitely is the case. And so I would like to see Miles, because I think if that's done right, or even an Ultimate movie type thing, because I think that would be awesome. And that would be like a guilty pleasure, especially considering, you know, Bendez wrote that stuff. And so as a comic fan, given the fact that Spider-Verse did so well, and we're getting Spider-Verse 2, and that's not MCU, but I think the popularity is there. And I think it would just be like a guilty pleasure for every fan. And I think it would just make a killing at the box office. Well, that could be a great future for the Marvel Sandman universe. Obviously, they have what's going on with Spider-Man. He's not only well integrated into the Marvel Sandman universe, but also big plans ahead for Tom Holland and what's going on with Far From Home coming up from Sony and it's basically what Sony is going to allow Marvel to do because they own the rights to it. As you know, there's a lot coming up for the Spider-Verse because of the success of Venom. They're now full steam ahead with wanting to go ahead and produce more movies within that Spider-Verse and have their own type of universe away from the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Spider-Man, with a Miles Morales that's going ahead and lead, hopefully, a new 
version of Spider-Man in maybe an alternate timeline, alternate universe, or maybe even the same one integrating with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. You've got Morbius with Jared Leto. You've got obviously Venom 2 coming up at some point in time with Tom Hardy. So there are a lot of great options coming up there as well. I'd like to see all of them more integrated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I know there's going to be at some point Sony wants to go ahead and build its own separate universe that people will go ahead and see and Tom Holland and hopefully like you said Miles Morales being those integrated pieces that can be in both the Sony Spider-Verse and also the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. Yeah, I agree and I also think that at a certain point I think this MCU is going to break. I think theoretically in Endgame they could have broken it and I don't want to spoil anything but there was an opportunity and and I think Marvel's going to have to do this where I think there's going to have to be the MCUA, for lack of a better word, and the MCUB, where I don't know at what point, but I think as a company and as a monetary decision, because when you have 22 movies, every step you take with the next movie becomes complicated because it's what impact does it have on everything that's happened 22 times before. And I think at a certain point, they're going to have to reboot this and I don't think they're going to want to reboot it the way that comics get rebooted. I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to have a definitive split where this is going in one direction and this is a new universe and this is going in the next direction and an event caused a split. And I think that's what is going to eventually happen. I don't think it's going to happen in phase four. I think it's going to happen in phase five. And I know, I know we're talking five, six years down the road. But I think there's going to be tracks starting to have to be laid for that because I don't see it being economically sustainable. And we could be like, oh, you know, 2.2 billion, 1.4 billion. But after a while, these stories are going to get so tangled up that what happens in Black Panther 2 is going to affect Captain Marvel 2. It's going to affect Guardians 3. And then they're going to contradict each other in the middle of the movie. And it might not happen in that order, but when you start adding 30, 40, you know, movies to this collection, at a certain point, there's going to be contradictions from Avengers 1. And this audience is going to be PO'd about it. When people go ahead and check out Endgame, I'm not going to say any specific spoilers, but there are certain little things in there that already are kind of contradictions already to what happened and what took place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe already. There are certain characters, certain events that kind of tweak things to the narrative of Endgame that are different or or was made different in previous installments of the Marvel Cinematic Universe already. But you're right, there could be some egregious and some bigger issues that are created with some timelines. Like, for instance, Spider-Man Homecoming, with the amount of years that took place after the original events of the Battle of New York, the timeline was completely thrown off by their decision of I think it was seven years or something like that when it actually was a little bit more than that. So that in itself was kind of thrown off right there. But we could be seeing more mistakes like that coming up in the future. Like you said, after 30, 40, even 50 films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so I just think we're going to have a breaking point. And I think it's going to be real fun because it's going to be like a fork in the road, especially with the money now, because they have the money to do that. When they first started phase one, there wasn't money here. 
and, and we could say, well, you know, Disney had money and Marvel had money and all these other people had money. They didn't have the money they have now. And I think that's what's going to happen because I think it's going to be so outrageous and, and there's just going to be too many mistakes that now what's going to happen is that when you have a definitive split, you then can go from the same starting point, but then you can massively tweak a world because writing these things are now getting harder. As far as the movie goes in directing, because you now, if you're a writer, you now need to understand what happened in Endgame affects Guardians 3. And you now need to have a back history. And it's not that complicated per se, but it is still complicated. And when then you have Guardians 3 and then you're going to get an Adam Warlock in there, you need to know what happened in Guardians 2 and then Guardians 3. And then you need to understand Endgame. And then you need to understand what's going on in Captain Marvel. And now you have five movies that's an offshoot for a sixth movie you need to know what you're doing. But then if you keep adding things into that, I mean, not going to say who's still alive, but we have to talk about with Spider-Man, there's no way that the events at Endgame don't have an impact on that movie. Absolutely. And I know it will be a big part of that going forward as far as at least, like you said, with Spider-Man Far From Home coming up later on here in a couple months down the road. But yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. Once again, I'm talking to Andrew Daves from the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. You can catch his show on SoundCloud and so many other different podcast outlets. One last question I got to talk to you, my friend, because it's been so awesome to talk to you about the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But why do people need to check out the Pop Anime Comics Lounge on SoundCloud and so many other podcast outlets? I'm an interviewer, and I interview a lot of people who... I catch them at the right time, and a bunch of them have gone on to do bigger and better things. And it's always fun to be growing with somebody than to be trying to catch up to what they have done. And I've done it in the comic world. I've done it with voice actors. I've done it with wrestlers. I've done it with cosplayers. And it's really cool when you do somebody six months or a year out before they become big and then you're ahead of the curve and that you recognize their name. And then all of a sudden, you know, with a wrestler, they are now at the height of their career and you were there before everybody else and you got to know who they were and then they appear and you're like, oh, now I get it. And so that's what I do. And I do it a lot more than I realize. And I think I have like 60 interviews where I call people right before they became big. And if you were listening to my show, uh, and I don't mean you personally, but, but I mean everybody who's listening, you would also be aware of who they are. And then out of nowhere, you see their career just skyrocket almost overnight. And so that's a really good reason. Listen to me. And also, I'm really entertaining. And it's just a fun thing. And it's just something to play in the background. And it'll take your mind off of difficult things and replace it with a lot of cool, fun, entertaining and knowledge and you're just getting to know cool people absolutely it's a great show i cannot recommend it any higher you got to check it out today it's the pop anime comics lounge it is available on soundcloud or wherever podcasts you can just go ahead and find it just type it it's all one word pop anime comics lounge one word it's not a typo it's all in there it's pop anime comics lounge it's all one thing it's available today on soundcloud all of his great interviews and so many other different podcast outlets 
Well, Andrew, I got to get you back on the show sometime down the road very, very soon because of the fact we got to talk more wrestling. Because, like I said, that's for another day. Another day. <laughs> also, as well, anything going on with comics or anything going on with anime. I know anime is something that a lot of people have a great interest in. Obviously, Netflix and their influence as far as upon the marketplace has kickstarted a revival or a movement towards anime becoming a more popular entity. So definitely we have to go ahead and sit down and chat about that as well. Just truly amazing to talk to you each and every time. And I can't thank you enough for being part of the show. Any last thoughts on the way out? I'm happy to talk about anything pop culture because I love it. And pop culture dictates everything. I think it does too as well. Those were great words indeed. Just great to have you on the show, my friend. Check out his shows today on the Pop Anime Comics Lounge show on SoundCloud and so many other different outlets. Andrew, it's great to have you part of the show. And of course, right here, a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need a listing of where we're at because we're being played all around the world, seven days a week on radio stations all over. Check out our listings on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, where you'll also get the latest and greatest and updated news and information around the world of pop culture. And if you also need any one of our vast number of podcast outlets, including Bullhorn, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podcoin, Podchaser, any one of them, the listing for all those great podcast options are right there as well. My friend, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. So tell me, Josh, what is going on with the great experience known as Humanica Media? Just put up our Avengers Endgame spoiler cast. So you can check that out if you would. Never like. heard of the movie. Just this tiny indie flick called Avengers Endgame. You can check it out. We talk about it. Of course, you know, anything that the Topicocalypse guys are involved in, there's going to be plenty of ranting and also some commercials by Miracle Fruit Oil. So go check them out as well. And that's really all we got going right now. I'll tell you what, anybody who hasn't listened to both of our spoiler casts, you should play them back to back. Both the one on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel and then also the one on Topicocalypse channel. Topic Ocalypse, you can listen to it today. That's going to be available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets. That'd be great. Back to back. Spoiler Cast City. I forgot how long is yours? It's an hour and a half. And the one that we did in Las Vegas with you and the Game Source guys is about two hours. So there's about yep. three and a half hours of content right there. That's just a half hour longer than the movie itself. So you know what? Three and a half hours of Spoiler Cast for a three hour movie. I think that's a darn good ratio myself. So my friend, before we head on out, a couple of things I want to cover, including anime. And I know I spoke on the air about this to you before in regards to the purchases that you made at the most recent Level Up Expo that we were a part of. You made some great purchases with Retro City Games, but you also made some great purchases at the Level Up Expo when it comes to anime. 
but the ones you made were back and dated back around the 90s era when anime, I believe, was at its highest. Some may differ on that choice. Some may differ on that opinion. But I feel the anime genre as a whole really has peaked at its highest during the 90s. I think it's on its way back up to that level again. But that leads me to a question I have for you, my friend, because I saw it at the recent Level Up Expo and looking towards other great events, plus also the great fandom that's out there for anime, I see kind of a division or maybe even a schism between anime lovers of today and anime lovers of yesterday. Could I be wrong on that? No, you see it. You know, there are animes that are kind of big today, and those are the ones people pay attention to, right? You got your your Naruto, you got One Piece. I don't know about One, One Piece. One Punch Man? My, yeah, One Punch Man, My Hero Academia, Death Note, things like that. But I think it's the same thing with every generation, though, right? Even with movies, music, you have people who are like, yeah, the 90s was the best generation for music. And then people from the 80s like, no, it was the 80s and so on and so forth. So every era has its fandom. But what I did at the Level Up Expo, it was weird because you saw mostly like My Hero Academia cosplay. And even just walking around, like they had some old, like there's still there's still Gundam fandom out there, which is cool. But you don't see a lot of people cosplaying like that because how, you know, how could you? No one's going to want to dress up as a Gundam pilot. But, you know, you walk around the booth and you see there are a lot of model Gundams, a lot of Gundam wall scrolls, stuff like that. I still saw a lot of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, you see a lot of Dragon Ball Z, and that's because Super is is going right now. And so Dragon Ball Super has has brought back that fandom. But a lot of the, the people who are, you know, I would say 25 and older, when they go to these conventions, that's what they're there for. They're looking for Dragon Ball stuff. They're looking for Gundam stuff. They're looking for Cowboy Bebop, Outlaw Star, things like that. And that's what I look for when I go to that stuff, because I haven't watched any new anime. Or uh, I watched... Uh, kumakuru on netflix which is pretty good some mech anime if you guys get a chance check it out it's not bad but beyond that you have people who are selling screen prints right of uh, trigun cowboy bebop and stuff like that outlaw star but you don't see a lot of like the, the figurines right you don't see a lot of people cosplaying as these people and it's just every generation has its thing but Honestly, man, 90s anime and some of the stuff in the early 2000s is pretty good. So you got your Kira, you got Mobile Suit Gundam, Gundam Wing, G Gundam G Fighter. You have your Trigun, you have Outlaw Star, you have Cowboy Bebop. And I I bought uh, Big O, as you saw in my, my Instagram pictures. Like, I have been trying to collect all the stuff that I loved watching growing up. And then even, you know, early 2000s, right? You got Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Panic, things like that. But... I've kind of been absent from the anime scene for a long time. So I beyond what I watched growing up, I don't really know a lot about what's out there these days. You technically can't include Akira because that's 1988 because that film is just so awesome. And if wow. you haven't checked out yet, where do you stand on ghost in the shell? I'm all right on it, but it's not something that captured me. I've seen a little bit of it, but not to the extent where I just wanted to go ahead and get really get into it. And this was around the time Scarlett Johansson was going to do the movie and, I thought maybe I should get into it to give me an idea. I've heard of it for a long time, but I just never really ventured into it. And I, as soon as I did, I was like, eh, this is all right, but I don't think it's the best representation of anime. I believe for me, and I've told you this before, I mean, watching Akira was the greatest thing in the world for me who's watching anime. But then again, it was also the worst thing in the world because anything after it has almost seemed good, very good, and eh, kind of good. 
but nothing ever even has approached me anything the near the excitement that I felt when I watched Akira. Akira is a very, very good anime, and it doesn't get the credit it deserves, but its value still holds up. So, like, you go to these secondhand sellers, and they're still selling Akira for $25 to $30. So, it's not one of those ones where, like, oh, no one watches this anymore. We'll mark it down to $5. Obviously, people still watch it. There's a demand for it, and people are paying for it. So, you know, another thing about old 90s anime, so that Big O set that I bought... They don't make that anymore. So I I kind of feel like I lucked out finding that. But it's like a lot of these old cartoons, like Funimation has brought some of them back, but they're gone. Like you can't find a lot of them. You have to you go online and they're they're like, hey, maybe we'll make some soon. But we forget that the North American distribution rights of a lot of these shows, they expire. So, you know, we is, if there's stuff out there that we want to watch, we got to grab it up while we can because we don't know when it's going to get brought back. This is true. This is true. But I think there is still a divide amongst fans that either are really behind the anime of today or behind totally the anime of yesteryear. I know you can sense that too. And you're right. A lot of it's based off of age, but the preferences there definitely, I I see a big time preference when it comes to people either loving now or loving the then when it comes to anime. What are your thoughts on the possible divide between anime fans from the past and also of the now? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Do you think it's something that is just based relatively on age of the individuals involved that are following it on anime? Do you think it's because there's a better appreciation for an anime during back then or the anime as of now and the storytelling behind each? Share us your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, Tolkien's coming out this week, and the biopic is not getting great reviews. And I was hopeful that if it got great reviews, that was going to have some really, really strong word of mouth and do very well at the box office, at least for a a film of that nature. But it looks like it's going to be okay, but it's probably going to be something that's swept under the rug real quickly by Endgame, Detective Pikachu, and a lot of other films. But it touches on something that I hope to see return, and that's a love and a fascination for The Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit movies, which are garnered each around a billion dollars at the box office, I don't think you could say really created a fascination for the films. I, I think in a lot of ways, people just watched it because it was something that was there or they had to like complete the saga of The Lord of the Rings. I don't think it really created that much extra excitement. I think, if anything, possibly the television series that's coming to Amazon, that could possibly do it, but we haven't heard any real details yet. Your thoughts on Lord of the Rings being still something that can fascinate audiences so many years after it was created by J.R.R. Tolkien. So it's weird because biopics about writers never really get the momentum that they should. Because... You know, you you. Well, let's do it for you, man. Let's just make sure we get that momentum for you. I'm selling the rights right now. If anyone wants to pick them up, but uh, (laughs) the it's weird because the mind of a writer is it's pretty messed up, man. Like, but that's how people are able to create these like super interesting. Look, George R. R. Martin. I would not want to spend even a minute in that guy's head. I can't even imagine the terror that's in there. But it's just it's you know they they're not Freddie Mercury, right? They're madness exists on the pages of their books right not like in in, through their actions in real life so that being said i hope that tolkien gets a little more credit it was kind of not really advertised that much so maybe that has something to do with it maybe they didn't market it it seemed to be a smaller budget film lily collins and nicholas holt excellent actors very good 
But, I thought this might be potential Oscar-worthy material, but it looks like it's something that's going to get swept under the rug real quickly. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. Because a lot of the stuff with that we originally say this could be Oscar material, or don't assume it's going to be Oscar material, ends up being Oscar material. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But there is a desire for more Lord of the Rings stuff, though. Like, you look at Time Magazine, public, like they always do those issues on Harry Potter and all these different franchises, but there is a desire for more Lord of the Rings stuff because you're seeing it in magazines now, you're seeing television shows, you're seeing the biopic come out, and now there's all this word of mouth going around. Amazon has picked up, you know, we know they picked up Lord of the Rings, they picked up the Dark Tower. There's going to be an interest, especially since this is Amazon's most expensive show. Like, they're, what's the, the budget's like, $2 million per episode, a little bit more? I know they purchased it for, what, about half a billion dollars, if I remember. Yeah, but the, it's supposed to be like one of the most expensive shows ever made, which is weird because they already had that laurel with uh, the Grand Tour, right? That had one of the biggest budgets a television show had ever had. So if it's a big budget show for a Middle Earth-esque story, it's going to get people watching, especially since it's canon, you know? And like I've mentioned before with Harry Potter, even though I don't like the Fantastic Beast movie, I do like an excuse to go back to that world but do you have some doubts about it i'm beginning to i'm not going to be as honest with you you know i have a great affinity for the lord of the rings movies and obviously with the relationship that i have with my wife who's the absolute huge fan herself we simply just love the lord of the rings saga as a whole but you know i think the hobbit movies may have done a lot to quell that enthusiasm now there's enough time that's being bridged the gap that maybe a lot of it can be reclaimed. So let's hope that that's the case. But I don't share as strong enthusiasm as you do. Just the feeling and perception amongst the world out there. I'm not sure as many people are clamoring for this Lord of the Rings series until we actually see some footage and whatnot. Let's, let's see how that transpires as far as the interest into it. But I'm not sure there's that peak interest among younger viewers yet into the Lord of the Rings possible series and maybe even movies down the line unless I'm proven wrong, but I just think it's going to be something that as of now needs a lot of help to get where it once was when it comes to the fascination behind the Lord of the Rings saga. I think if the story is good and they're exploring avenues of Lord of the Rings that we haven't already seen explored, like a lot of people want to see what happened in the second age, maybe some flashbacks of the first. I think that it could get a falling. But again, you know, this is the movies were made using millions of dollars and this is a slightly smaller budget, but still a pretty dang big budget for a television show. So if, if they pull it off, who knows, man? This could fill the emptiness left by Game of Thrones once it's over. Unless you're talking about the many spinoffs that are already on the way from HBO. That's what George R. R. Martin's working on instead of finishing his books. Exactly. Exactly. What are your thoughts out there on The Lord of the Rings? Are you excited for a new part of the tale to be told when it comes to the work of J.R.R. Tolkien? And are you excited to see the upcoming bio on J.R. Tolkien coming up this weekend? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanic media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, another great episode in the books, my friend. It was just awesome that you were here and part of it. We also want to thank again Andrew Davis from the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. You want to go ahead and check out his show, the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, today on SoundCloud. I know you wanted to talk some Final Fantasy 15 controversy coming up, but any last thoughts on that and anything else on the way out? Yeah, I mean, uh, this, this might take a little bit more time on a future episode, but 
they just released the novel, the Final Fantasy 15 in Japan. And the ending goes through all like the, what the last three DLCs would have been before it, the, they were canceled. So it's just interesting to see like a game that has had such a long journey finally get an ending that people are allegedly happy about. So it, it's something I would love to talk about in the future. Also, the Assassin's Creed Fate of Atlantis is something I do want to discuss because it is an absolutely beautiful game. Well, you mentioned that you were going through it at the time last week, and I know you're still going through it now. So guess what, my friend? On Friday's show, we're going to talk about both those subjects in detail for you. We'll go ahead and talk about the ending of Final Fantasy XV, seeing how that transpired, in your opinion, plus also the DLC for Assassin's Creed Odyssey as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Do you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free as always. But you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is go to ESOPodcast.com and click on the link. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.